Welcome to Pull a Pin Ready War Room Edition. I'm your host, Jim. With me as usual is Mike. And here today, our special guest, Fiona. Hi, everyone. Oh, <laughs> he gets them all the time, I tell you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I can't um, tell if he's looking at me. That's the problem. Yeah, he's not looking yeah. at me. What's he looking at? <laughs> that awkward silence. We, we, we like to make them feel like they're missing something. Yeah. yeah. So we I see often if you feel pipe that up. with you, Jim. Yeah, so you, you, you piped up, so that was good. You, you played right into it. <laughs> so, Fiona, uh, you decide how much you want to go into your history, your background. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, so I'm a U.S. Army veteran. I uh, I joined the Army in 2001, in May of 2001. I was 17. Um, I, uh, I was a signals intelligence analyst. I went to airborne school uh, in Fort Benning in August of 2001. Two weeks later, I start my AIT and 9-11 happens. Wow. And eight months after that, I was 18 and in Afghanistan. Um, and, uh, spent most of my career at Fort Bragg, uh, met my husband there. Um, both my kids were born there. Um, I've been a duty contractor. I've been a federal civilian. Um, when I was in Afghanistan, I, I was Intel, but I did a lot of it. So now I work at it and, and support that way. And I do a lot of veteran support stuff now. So, okay, that's good. Thank you for your service. Thank you. All right. All right. Uh, so what do you want to talk about there? It's the war room edition now. <laughs> you, you don't have any questions about Afghanistan? I mean, didn't you both serve there? Well, yeah, in different capacities, Jim. Uh, well, I'm just was, saying, like, if she said Hawaii, I'd, I'd be able to talk. You know, I mean, I have something to say, but. Yeah, we know you like talking about Hawaii. Yeah, I'd talk about Hawaii, too. Yeah, when he was in, when he was in the military in Hawaii, <laughs> yeah. It was yeah. so hard this one time. I had to go surfing for PT. No, no, let me tell you. Let me tell you. I actually was a desk sergeant in Waikiki. Wow. I mean, literally, we have a Fort Derussi there is a military resort. And I literally worked at the resort in the parking garage in this little cubicle as a desk sergeant. And our little Fire patrols would walk the beach. Me. Mm. Yeah. So, yeah, wow. Mike doesn't like them stories, though. I don't know why. I don't, I don't hide my jealousy, Fiona. <laughs> I don't. I, I, no, he was I in Afghanistan. Remember. Why would he be yeah. jealous? <laughs> I know. I lived in a tent for six months and <clears throat> went to the bathroom in a latrine that the local nationals used, and they squat oh, and don't aim, and it cooked more. during the day. And oh. they had lights at night, and so we'd go in there. It'd be pitch black. We can't yeah. see anything, and you just you pray. I'm not yeah. going to sit on something nasty. I'm yeah. not going to sit on something nasty. Yeah. Yeah. See, don't yeah. you mean hover? Like, there ain't no sitting. Oh, honey, I'm a girl. Yeah, there ain't no yeah. sitting. You, you know, yeah, there's I have perfected a hover, but there's a yeah. time and a place. Sure, that's okay. Right. That's right. That would be the place to me. I, I would be hovering T-rats. as a man. T-rats will get you. That's T-rats right. Will get you. you can't hover for the 10 minutes it takes oh. to come back. That's uh-uh. tough. No. So this is what you want to talk about. Like, yeah, I know, really right? What <laughs> so where were you in Afghanistan? I'm sorry? Where were you at in Afghanistan? I was in Bagram. Bagram? Uh, okay. Yeah, Bagram and Kabul. Um, oh. And this was back in the day. So I, I say that and people are like, oh, oh, you know. What? Yeah. I'm like, yeah, no, 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 no. Like, I built everything that was yeah. there. I showed yeah. up. It was three bombed out buildings in the village. Right, <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> but it was it was fun. It was good. Um, yeah. I served at the at the CJ TF 180 headquarters mm-hmm. uh, working for actually working for the then J2 directly. Uh, 
who was then Colonel Michael Flynn, now General Michael Flynn. Yeah. And uh, so that was that was kind of intimate and that whole ordeal sort of that one in my heart. That's a good man. Okay, so he is a good man. You can you can confirm that. Super excited. (laughs) (laughs) The whole time, the whole time I've been like, y'all. It, it's all going to get cleared up. I promise you. I know this man. And sure. right. Isn't that crazy, though? I mean, yeah. like, so that's a personal experience right there. Someone who personally knows him, they can see right through the BS. And it's amazing that the rest of these people, well, they either don't know or they just don't have the ability or concern. You know, that's that's, I think, one of the most frustrating, keeping on this side of things going on right now, I think, is this this. Uh, this response, you know, we've got all this, this, you disagree with me. So I'm going to be violent with you. We were talking mm. about, um, you know, the, the alleged voters for voter fraud, uh, Colonel Flynn, my, excuse me, general Flynn's attorney who's now working for, for president Trump. She's getting death threats. You know, wow. there, there are, there are people working in, uh, electric positions throughout the country that are getting death threats. They're mm-hmm. getting violent threats to them because, they're doing something that might yield uh, a result that someone else doesn't like. Right. I mean, what is that? What is that? I don't care if you agree with me or not. That's not okay. That is not the country, the values that this country stands for. Mm. Yeah, I don't want to downplay death threats, but I'm going to tell you, if, if anybody was actually watching us on YouTube, we'd probably get them too. So death threats aren't really the concern. It's actually the behaviors of some of these people and like, We've all been to combat or at least, you know, prepared to go to combat to take another life. And and we don't even act this way. So it just amazes me that people are that cruel. Like when you see some of these Antifa and all these other thug wannabes, what they do to another human being just blows my mind. I actually have a personal experience with Antifa, too. (laughs) They kick you out? I know. I'm all over the place. (laughs) I was living in Washington State and this was four or five years ago, actually. And they were protesting and I lived near the Washington state Capitol at the time. And I got blocked in. There was a center median, a car in front of me, a car next to me and a car behind me. My kids are in the car and they had blocked off the roads and they were standing in traffic. So nobody could go anywhere. And then another group of Antifa members came by and started shaking the cars and screaming at the people inside. I mean, it wasn't, you know, there wasn't any glass breaking. There wasn't any of that, but the threat was there. The intention was we want you scared. Mm. We want you scared and submitting. And I've got my kids in the backseat screaming at the time. You know, that's, that's, that's who these people are. Yeah. The, yeah. The threat was there. The violence was there also to back it up. Once you start putting your hands on people's property, you know, cause I look at it like uh, when you're sitting in the car and I'm sorry, you had your kids in there that's an extension of you. So when they start shaking, that's they're, they're starting to shake you and they're becoming, you know, physically violent. And I just can't stand for that. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't appreciate any of that stuff. And I, we all know talk is cheap and there's a lot of people that can just talk, yeah. but and, you know, I me personally, I'm not even scared of these people, but I am scared that they're going to get shot. And then I may have to go through all that, nonsense and stuff just to clear my name but that's what scares me because i'm not afraid of them they're they're really you know punks well i don't think that really scares me i think what scares me is uh this the harm to the kids 
you know, sure. them being able to do harm to the kids. What happens when in the, when you're in uh, self defense? Uh, okay. Yeah, but I, I, don't, say- I don't care about the clearing the name. You know, as she just uh, stated about. You know now, General Flynn, it's going to get cleared up. It's going to get cleared up. But but to you know? see what he went through, that's what I'm saying. I don't yeah, want to have that. to go through that. I don't want to have to go through that because some idiot is playing stupid games. See, and that's that's part of the problem, though. That's the ultimate game they're playing is not that they think that they'll win in a in violence. I don't. I don't. I truly don't think they think that. They know that they can push our buttons because we have limits that we don't want to cross. So they're going to keep pushing us because we don't want to go through what the General Flynn went through. They're going to keep pushing us because as long as we stay scared and quiet, we're we are in their minds submitting to what they want. I mean, these are these are people who have been probably breastfed till they're 20. (laughs) Well said. (laughs) Their life experience is probably somewhat contained. you know, they, they don't actually understand what war is like. They're asking for it. They don't right. know what it's like, but they know that the people who know that we who know what war is like, they know that we have boundaries. They know that yeah. we have values and they're taking advantage of that. And it's hard to look at them and take the high road. And so, you have, you know, you've got that moment of, OK, I'm t- can I take the high road or is this really a situation in which I need to respond? So, like, if they had started punching my window I, or, you know, attempting to break it, I probably would have responded with perhaps some some violence in return. Mm-hmm. My kids are in the car. Like, this is this is my yeah. life. And that's, I don't think it would have okay. been violence in return. I would I think it would have been defense in return. An, an aggressive. Right. <laughs> but even you know what's scary about that, Fiona? See, the problem with that is and we've already seen this. Let's just say that did happen and you decided to take off and pull your car away so they wouldn't hurt your kids and you ran somebody over and killed them, they're coming after you. Even the police were coming after you. Mm -hmm. So that's the scary part. Even if you you do eventually get cleared, you're going through that. Yeah, that's why, you know, that's one of the cases, like, I'm glad we have the cell phone cameras. Mm -hmm. You know, that's that's one of the cases where I say, yeah, it was a good thing. It was a good thing. I think that's one of those crosses that we, you know, we kind of have to bear. It's it's kind of the same idea as the the sacrifice that we're willing to make when we go overseas, right? Yeah. Right. So when we make that choice and we say, "Hey, you've crossed the line. This isn't the point at which I am defending myself." You know, "Hey, I hit you as I was driving away trying to save my kids." That's to me, I see that as a similar sacrifice as me joining the military. I did mm. something because my values indicated I needed to do this. And I, I made a moral and ethical choice knowing that there were consequences. And I accept those consequences. And that's, that's I think, the point that they don't understand. And, right. and I speak of the they. Of, you know, we're yeah. talking about the, the violent um, riffraff, shall we say. Yeah. yeah, even no matter what group they're in. Because yeah, I remember there was an old saying, too, uh, where they say you, you have to stand for something or you'll fall for anything. Right. Exactly. I, I think most of us do have some principles and values that we will stand for. And like an example I was, I was talking earlier about was up in, um, I think it's Maine, not Maine, um, Michigan. Massachusetts, Michigan, yeah. Michigan, Michigan with the two Republicans that wouldn't, uh, they wouldn't con- confirm the, 
the ballot or I'm lost in the words, but they wouldn't sign off on the election. And then they were getting death threats. Actually, some YouTuber even came out and doxed them, literally said where they're what school their kids go to. Mm-hmm. And then two hours later, those two people said, oh, you give us an audit. We'll sign off. And they signed off. And now and they're trying they to rescind that. Yeah, right, they're trying yeah. to rescind that. Mm-hmm. But it was the people threatening them mm-hmm. going to violence because they didn't agree with what they were doing. You know, the, the, the hypocrisy of all this is, is astounding. Um, you think about it, you know, I, I, I don't care if you absolutely hate Trump. If he is going a legal route to pursue something, then he is following procedures. And we got to let the law do what it's going to do. Turning around and, and, and reacting this way, I, it, it, I cannot fathom how the general populace doesn't hear this and react with some kind of, of vehement distaste in their mouth. I mean, this is just unbelievable to me that that people aren't standing up and saying, gosh, this is not okay. No, they're saying, well, you know, I don't I don't like Trump, so it's okay. I'll just Right. As long as it's my team, we'll overlook it. Exactly. You know, I would not accept this regardless. We had had I've never been a Clinton supporter. If if someone did this and it were in a in support of someone I love versus someone I don't, it does not matter. This is unacceptable. This, the laws we have are in place exactly for this reason. Yeah. Right. We had an episode like this that we, we, we did on standards and that's like what we talked about, the hypocrisy and the, the double standard. And it seems to be the case. So, cause, so imagine now, let's say Trump goes to court, takes everything legally, does whatever he does, even if he finds a loophole that may not be the ethical thing or, or, or what you would think the upper, but it's not illegal and overturns this and he becomes, you don't think these people are going to be in an uproar? Of course they are. People, companies were boarding up their windows. They were boarding up their windows and not one Republican riot. So what are they boarding up their windows for? Because one party, maybe two parties, maybe five parties. I'm not going to point fingers at this point, but because if someone lost, if the wrong person lost, they were going to react. What are you doing? I'm talking to the other parties. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, hey. <laughs> we don't riot. No, I, I know. You don't even show up. <laughs> oh, that's a good one. Yeah. Oh, he's got an itch. Do you see that? He looks yeah, like he has yeah, an itch. Yeah, he's always yeah, got that. Yeah. Right under all that that sweat from all the hard work he does for supporting his party. <laughs> But it is sad. It's it's sad that, like I said, and I think you mentioned it earlier, these same people that are picking the fight, I don't think they're the ones that really want to be fighting. I mean, maybe they think they are, but it, it, where do you go from here, though? Where, where do you really go? People are so divided that even if the truth came out, they would discard the truth as some, you know, misinformation or. That's right. Just they will continue to find something to support their narrative. Exactly. You know, and that's just the way it is. And we just have to hope that, you know, more conversation leads to people becoming more sane, if you will. And people just learning how not to behave like that. It's a long road. Don't you think it's a little too far? And and I ask this because like I'm one of those guys, I'll bring it. I'll bring it to, you know, Mike doesn't like my examples, but I'll bring it like to Nancy Pelosi. And, you know, (laughs) when someone stands before me that is supposed to be representing me and says, you have to pass the bill to find out what's in it. I mean, I don't have to be a genius to know that something is really wrong with that. And you're telling me this to my face. 
I mean, look at all the hip- hypocrites now with the whole COVID lockdown. That's right. surfacing everywhere. So what does it take for you, the person, to say, I'm going to ignore that, even though it sounds completely insane to me and, and everything, because I still support you? Well, you, you, you're stating it as if it sounds completely insane to, let's say, someone who supports Pelosi. It doesn't sound completely insane. It right. sounds sane. Right. And that's the problem. Yeah. Okay. You know? <laughs> so, so this is this is ironically similar to a conversation that, that Jim and I had a, a, a while ago. Um, so I academically, I, I study mathematics and logic. And uh, one of the Uh-oh. things we talk about. going to be about, a long one. Yeah. <laughs> brace yourselves, gentlemen. <laughs> uh, one of the things I like to talk about is, is the idea <laughs> it's the idea of the logic system that you've built up and and you know the when you when you hear about this the only way that it makes sense for someone to accept this cognitive dissonance is for the actual the axiom the root of this system to be in this example i support nancy pelosi that's, it's the only way that it can make sense is I have decided that I support Nancy Pelosi or I support Trump or I support whatever it might be. I support that first and foremost. And then everything else doesn't matter it, because you've, you've, you've set your system to begin there. So anything that happens happens in respect to that. She can't say something wrong because you've already you've already stated that your whole system is built on that. It's like it, it, it's as though they've been given people have been given this thought to agree with, you know, you support Nancy Pelosi, you believe in this thing, you believe in that thing. And here are the list of all the things you have to believe in. Okay, cool. I've got my list of things to believe in. And I don't have to think about it. I don't have to sit down and say, could they be wrong? I don't have to do that because I've already been given the end consequence and I'm actually starting in the end. Let me compare that because, you know, Mike, Mike is a huge Dallas Cowboy fan and he supports his Cowboys. (laughs) He hates the Cowboys, but he supports his Cowboys. And let's say, you know, they trade away a really good receiver and get junk for it. Even the fans that support these teams, they're all over those teams. They're like, you know, boo, you know. So how does that logically fit with the same scenario is sports different or people no. not? it's pretty much the same and to be honest with you i'll give more credibility if that's the right word to sports fans more than political uh followers because sports fans like you say they'll call their team out when you talk right. about these diehard uh republicans and or democrats you know um I'm telling you, man, their their team, as you uh, stated earlier, their team can do something wrong. And the first thing is they'll they'll defend it, justify it, whatever. And like we talked about in another episode, Jim, it will be the same exact thing that the other side did some years ago. But they'll say, oh, no, no, this time it's different. You know, and that's just the way it is. Do you think that's, that's why I told you just stay in politics, man? I'm telling you. But do you think it. it's because they don't really follow their team? Like people probably follow their their football, baseball team very closer or much closer than they follow their political team. Oh, absolutely. The I think there's a big difference here, though, because the outcome of a football season is short. It's limited. The outcome of a political strategy is 
30, 40, 50 years. This is a woman here talking, right? She did you watch sports? Like I broke a hockey <laughs> stick over a locker when the Rangers beat my devils. So so Literally. hockey hockey, I love hockey. Hockey and rugby and baseball, those are like I, I, I get done. mad the mic's out of nowhere. He has no he's not a sports guy, but he loves them cowboys. <laughs> I know. <laughs> you gotta stop, man. You can't put that out. You can't put it out. Greatest Cowboys fan right yeah. here, guys. America's That's team, right. right? America's team. It's all Mike's oh, yeah. team too. Oh yeah. <laughs> no, I will say this. Um sports fans, <clears throat> like we said, they will criticize their uh team, but there's no uh, personal connection. Like some people look at the politicians, they affect their lives more. You know, they can they can affect their lives and they do with some of the bills that are passed and things of that nature. Sports fans, they're like, okay, that was a stupid decision. Come on, Cowboy. I mean, Giants, whatever. You know? <laughs> see? See? <laughs> I hate you, Jim. But no, they they'll they'll criticize their team and because you know there's nothing there for them. You know when they turn off the TV and they go to work, Cowboys or the fan the team doesn't have any stake but in. I, I don't agree with that though. I and the reason really? I don't agree with that. Li- listen to me out. I have never ever in my life until recently seen anybody wearing a Republican or Democrat shirt. People are in vested in their sports teams. I mean, they, mm. they're they all in for their sports team. So to me, if the Cowboys beat the Giants, that's more impactful for my life than Nancy Pelosi passing a bill. I have no idea what's in it. I think it comes back to the effect. I think ultimately people don't, in both directions, people don't feel the effects close enough to actually understand the impact. So, you know, the laws that are going into place now it's a ripple effect as it goes mm-hmm. through the country for people to actually feel it. Right. But a loss, a loss oh. you feel in that moment. Exactly. <laughs> but, but your football game, you're like, Oh my God. Oh my God. The Niners. Really? Really? <laughs> Who's that? What, what, what league are they in? <laughs> is that a golf team? What? I don't know what you're saying here. Can you help me out here, Mike? I mean, you're a sports yeah. analyst guy. Yeah, no, dude, I don't like talking basketball. You bring the Niners into it. You know, it's just, why are we talking basketball now? Let's stick to football. (laughs) Touchdown. (laughs) See, see, we got a little bit of everything on here. Uh, It's a variety show. Most most of it's wrong. (laughs) Quote, unquote, subjective. Yeah. <laughs> so what do you think the problem is uh in America, Fiona? Ooh, what do I think the problem is yeah, in America? I know I mean, it's broad. Break it down. Yeah, Come on. A, that's a huge question. Um I think I think it comes down to what we've decided our priorities in life. And I, I don't I mean that in the sense this is gonna sound kind of crazy, but you have a lawn of grass and you pick one blade that doesn't seem like much, right? But if you pick another blade and you pick another blade and you pick another blade and pick another blade, eventually you're going to lose the lawn. So each blade of grass really is important to the entirety of the lawn. And in that way, our individual priorities make up our priorities as a society. Mm. And I think on the whole, we as a society, the American society have decided that we have priorities that are I hate to say it, but superficial. They're immediate gratification. Mm. It's everything right now. I want it right now. I want money right now. I want ha- 
happiness right now. And we aren't, we've forgotten what it means to, to be joyful versus happy. Mm. And so right. things are less impactful. And the things that we're, we're trying to, to do are for immediate benefit to us. You know, it's like the, the difference between um, investing in a college fund and having an ice cream. You know, I'm happy right now when I have the ice cream, but in 10 minutes when it's over, I'm going to be like, well, shit, now I need to go work out. Like, I'm not right. going to. So I think, I think as a whole, we have allowed that desire for immediate gratification to impact every area of our life. I mean, we have politicians who are in office for 50 years. Their entire lives are about making policy that they probably don't even have to follow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's ridiculous. We, we spend our days fighting for a job that pays more. We've got, you know, kids in, in after school care, all these things happening because we're we're trying. We got to stay abreast. We got to stay abreast. And this person's over here. They're going faster. So now you got a little bit faster. And all of a sudden you're just like, not, not, that, really fast, not that fast. Slow down. <laughs> <laughs> but I think what happens is we're almost amping each other up in our in our need for instant gratification. So as a society, I think the problem is that we've we've lost that deep internal sense of individual self-worth and joy. And I, I think to follow that up, we've also because of that, I think we are no longer sensitive to other people and their needs and things. Mm-hmm. So I think we've become more selfish and, and we don't care. You know what I mean? And conversely, not only are we selfish, but then we pretend to be. Right. Selfless, we virtue signal by having the government do things. Mm. Right. And so they if the government's going to go take care of people, I don't have to do it because the government's going to do it for yeah. me. And that's the accountability, too, I was talking about because I heard another guy use an analogy that was pretty awesome. It was like the snowflake not taking the blame for the avalanche. But in reality, the snowflake was part of the avalanche. So right. just as but much. It's easy to dismiss yourself because, look, I'm just a snowflake. What did I do? You know? Yeah. 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 Wow. I like that instant gratification versus investing in oneself. I like that. Yeah. And others. Yeah. I like that. <laughs> yeah. But I think, I think uh, what a lot of people don't understand is what the hell? But I think <laughs> a lot of people don't understand is that when you get the government to do something minus our security, Mm-hmm. You know, because that's that's the main purpose of government. But when you start to get into a lot of these uh, social programs, if you will, they don't stop. Right. You know, and it takes well, it takes yeah. the onus off of you to actually do something. Right. And the, and the thing about it is that systems will always resort to their slowest possible process they will always resort to the lowest denominator of efficiency that's just how systems work Mm. so every time we give something to the government it's going to become slower it's going to become more inefficient it's got to go through more hoops it's got to go through all of these things and the systems naturally just degrade so then we're like oh well clearly it just means we're not giving enough so then we give more and we're we're actually compounding the problem and it's not even creating that gratification you're talking about exactly so now we're hunting. It's like looking for a high, right? We're hunting for that feeling and we're doing all these things to get to it. And I realizing that that's not, that's not the real deal. The real deal is something we haven't even really pursued right. yet. Like, like if you're out looting for TVs, it's because you don't have enough money or have enough TVs or you don't have enough morals, whatever. But if you'd done the right thing, instead of living off the government, you'd probably have enough money for TVs and wouldn't be out looting. Is that like cyclical or am I just crazy? Both. Well, I don't know if the answer is. <laughs> 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 I 
But I'll, I'll definitely go with the latter. Oh, yeah. yeah, I think that one's a default. <laughs> I don't like you guys. <laughs> oh, that's good, though. I like that. I'm still stuck on the, the instant gratification. I like that. Yeah. People need to, uh, going to your point, Jim, uh, accountability. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, if you really look at I heard this guy on the radio one time years ago. He said, uh, we are where we are in our lives because of the decisions that we made. Mm-hmm. No matter how you look at it. And I swear, I was driving FedEx at the time. That whole day delivering packages, I tried to come up with a reason to prove him wrong. Right. Oh, yeah. He is as right as I don't know what. Because every time I look at where I am, I just look at all the decisions that I made. I say, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, I messed that up, too. Yeah. yeah well, yeah. even, even <laughs> if you contribute some of that con- con- to things that happened to you, it could have been the decision you, that you made led to something happening. Absolutely. Or it could be the decision you make after something happens to you. Right. But it also goes back to something you're doing. Yeah. Mike, I think you touched on another really important thing that kind of touches on a lot of these topics we've discussed tonight, which is you took the time to be humble enough to say, you know what? I could be totally off base. So I'm going to look at myself and I'm, I'm going to say, you know what? Let me try it. Let me try this idea that um, I screwed up. What happens? And, and in that you grow and you develop that strength and you develop that joy in yourself just by doing that. And I think we do not do that. We, we, we bedevil ourselves, but we do it in a very, very, you know, covert narcissistic kind of way, you know? And I think, I think we're, we're virtue signaling. We're, we're fishing for compliments. What we really need to be doing is looking at ourselves and saying, you know what? I disagree with you, but I'm going to try your argument on for size. I'm going to actually, for a minute, I'm going to take my ideas and put them over here and try yours on and see what happens. Mm. That takes humility and courage. And that's something I don't think that that's part of the reason we're so bifurcated because people can't do that anymore. They can't see the value in the person right next to them. Everybody's smiling. <laughs> You're throwing me off my jam here. <laughs> I'm just trying to get in Mike's head. I'm not really sure. This is a new one for me. You said it takes humility and courage. Like, trying to Even if like, she got off topic of me, I'm still saying she was talking about me, damn it. Right, right, right. <laughs> I totally was. I totally was. That was yep. you, Mike. You, you know how I feel. That shucker. You know how I feel about that, Mike. Lady and courage. You are fake news. <laughs> <laughs> He's got a whole sound bites bar ready to go. Yeah, he does. Yep. <laughs> Mike loves him. He, he falls into all of them. <laughs> Every show, I at least get one, I tell you. <laughs> we'll have to start playing uh, Soundbite Bingo. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I have to switch them up. I don't want to do that. That's a lot of work. <laughs> so, we, we got any more questions or we want to move to uh, her little spot at the end here? Yeah, let's go ahead and pull the pin. I'm just anxious to see what she has to All right. say. We'll, 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 <laughs> we'll pull the pin on this war room here, and we'll go to our last minute here where we we do we normally do in our show, but we're going to give you the opportunity in this one to just bring up something that really, really disturbs you or maybe doesn't disturb you at all, but you just want to complain about it because you have the liberty to. Uh, you have the floor for as long as you need. Oh, boy. Uh, wait, wait, within within reason. <laughs> Uh. <laughs> so I would say 
uh, it's actually very related to this conversation. Um, it, it's something that actually scares me. And it is the Pavlovian response that people have to particular information sources. Mm. And it, it's this absolute... It doesn't matter if I present a beautifully articulated argument from start to finish, if it disagrees with what they have been told from those news sources, it, it, they actually, it isn't even that they can't understand, it's that they retaliate. It, and it's, it's like Pavlovian, it's like they've been squirted so many times in the face that they, they, they can't even comprehend what I'm saying and they get defensive. It's like a trauma reaction. Mm. And that that's frightening to me because that means that there are people out there that I, I can't even talk to. Dude, how can you establish a human relationship with someone when they can't even discuss something with you? I mean, that's that's bad. That's terrifying. It is mm. absolutely terrifying. And I think it's, it's what allows people to go into groups like Antifa. Mm. Oh, OK. You were going to say something, Mike. I don't yeah, know what happened. Go ahead. Um, what I was going to say was welcome to my world on this show. <laughs> on this show. Listen to this guy. Nobody... He, was, he was like, yes. <laughs> I, don't think, I don't think I have anything on the soundboard for that. Wait, wait, wait. I do have one. Here you go. You've lost your way, brother. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll consider that her pull to pin. And how we know that is by this. What is that, Jingle Bells? That's a pin dropping. Come oh, on. Oh, okay. <laughs> you just wasted the whole soundbite. Now I got to find a better one. I remember one. pulling the pin sounding quite like oh, that. My it God. Like, oh, my God. <laughs> this one's being dropped on cement or some hard floor. I don't know. Sounds like glass. Either way. Either way. <laughs> yeah, it didn't sound like it. said it on TV. No, it didn't sound like it dropped on cement. It sounded more like it dropped on glass or something. Maybe like a glass jar. Either way, I'm yeah, pulling the pin on yeah. you guys because I'm done with that. <laughs> and that is all the time we are taking for this episode. We hope you enjoy what we had to say. We hope you come back next time. We hope we make you those Pavlonians that come for our information. Until next time, Godspeed. And pull the pin. Damn. <laughs> <laughs>